want you to think for a moment, I want you to think for a moment about your life. Think about your life. Think about when things come to your life. And I know we're, we have completed a series on a well-connected life, but today I'm just going to talk to you from my heart. Is that all right? Because we start a brand new series next Sunday, okay, on Thanksgiving. But today I'm just going to speak to you what's in my heart. So think about your life. Think about it. Think about when pressure comes. Because everybody in this room deals with pressure. But the thing is, is that we deal with it in different ways. We deal with it in different ways. Think about the things that in your life, the things that, um, that might be tempting to you. Right? Things that you, that you are trying to break free from, but they try to grab a hold of you again. That could be fear. It could be anxiety. It could be fear of failure. It could be fear of success. It could be whatever people or we may deal with on a day-to-day basis. Think about that. Think about the things that sometimes would try to control you, but today you want to be free from them. This is what I want you to know. That when you make a decision in your heart and in your life, consciously to ask Jesus, God, into your life, when you ask him to be your savior, a lot happens at that moment. First of all, you are completely forgiven of all past sins, listen, present sins, and future sins. Wow. Isn't that great? Watch. Past, present, and future. Let me tell you why that is important for you to understand that. Because if you have been forgiven for the past sins that we've committed in our life, and we're living in our present, but we let our past come into our present from what we've done or where we've been, what you're in essence saying that God's grace and his His work on the cross is not powerful enough to forgive what has happened back there. Listen to me. God is the only one. Jesus is the only one who can forgive your past, fix your heart, make it serve your present so you can become the person you want to be in your future. Only God can do that. Did you hear what I said? Only God can do that. So when you receive Jesus into your heart, watch, I want you to understand that that decision, that life most important, greatest miracle of your life decision is more than you receiving Jesus so you can go to heaven. I think going to heaven is critical. I, how, many know, how many want to go to heaven? Yeah. Right? I think it's critical, and I think that we have to understand that. But I want you to understand that the life that you've been given inside of you is greater than just you wanting or being having the capacity to go to heaven in this next life. You have to understand that the life in you, the life that lives inside of you, given to you by who Jesus is, is not just for the sake of you being able to go to heaven, but it is for the sake of you being able to live the life in God that he has for you today. If you have a Bible today, I want you to look with me real quick to the book of John. Look real quick to, to the book of John, the 10th chapter. Watch, the 10th chapter. And keep your Bible handy. John 10, I want you to look with me to verse 10. 
Okay, this is important. John 10, verse 10. You, most of you may know this by heart, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, the thief does not come except to what? Watch, to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That word steal in the Greek means klepto, where we get our English word kleptomaniac. And it means, watch, it means to steal without being noticed. It means to steal with unknowingly. In other words, you come home Something is taken from your house and you go looking for it two months later and it's not there, but you didn't notice that it's not there, klepto. You hear what I'm saying to you? It is the same word. So how many know you can live your life and be at a certain place in your life and then find yourself in not such a good place and not even know how you got there? You got busy, this happened, that happened, and pretty soon you find yourself in a different place and really where you really want to be, klepto. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, destroy, to destroy. But Jesus says this, but I have come, right? Is that what he says? I have come that you might have life and have it how? More abundantly. That word life in the Greek, if you're a note taker, write it down. It means zoe, Z-O-E. That's what it means. And let me explain it to you. It is the quality and the nature of God working in your life. I'm going to say it to you again. It is the quality, the nature of Christ or God working in your life. Why is this important that I talk about the quality, the character, and the nature because when we don't focus on the nature of Christ, when we don't focus on who Christ is in us as people, then we live below the abundant life that Jesus came for you and I to have. Are, are you with me? The quality. Now listen, it's important that we understand this. Because we, we are a, what you would what you would call a church that believes in the spirit of God moving in our midst. Now let me teach you. I'm not going to preach you. I'm just going to teach you. I'm going to say some things to you, okay? We believe that you should not come to the church and just hear about God, but you should feel something in your heart. How many know God's presence has manifestation? Joy, peace, happiness, jubilation, right? How many know God's not a grump, right? Okay, so we believe that God's presence has manifestation to it. So here's what I want you to understand about that. Because we are that way, we, we, when we gather, at least me, I can't speak for you because some of you may not be there, right? And that's okay. Not that where I am is different, you know. You just may not, that may not be your vibe. But I want you to know, at least when I come, I want to feel God. I just want to know that God is here, right? Are you with me? And so I want to know that he's here. But because we are cut from that kind of a cloth, we can have a tendency to lean towards that part of feeling God and wanting his power. Because how many love God's power? Yeah. I love me some God's power. We can lean towards God's power 
but not adopt his nature. And not adopt the nature. You see, you have to understand the power of God, right? The, I'll say it to you like this. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, if, you know, if you're a note taker, you can write this stuff down. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are the power of God. It's the power of God. The fruit of the Spirit is the nature of Christ. The gifts of the Spirit are the power of Christ. The, the nature of Christ is the fruit of the Spirit. Right? The question is, the question is, is if you're in this room and I ask you to look at your life and look at the things that may try to control you or try to hold you in a limited place, the question is, how do we connect our life to what we would call the abundant life? I'm talking in every part. Watch. The abundant life, which is the quality, the nature of God, the quality of God's life. How many want God's quality of life? I'm talking about God's quality of life. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about my quality. I'm not talking about the quality of living because you have a certain zip code. I'm not talking about the quality of life because you No, I'm talking about the quality of life that lives deep down inside of your heart that no matter where you live, no matter what you wear, no matter what you drive, no matter how much you have in your bank account, you know that your life is blessed because of who you have in your life. That's the quality of God. That's the quality of God. Now, thank God for all the other stuff. But you're good whether you have it and you're good whether you're not, whether you don't have it. Paul said, I know how to abound in the greatness of God. I know how to also be abased. And I do not change whether I'm here or there. I know who lives inside of me. Are you with me? It's important. So we as people have to understand what this looks like for us. How do we understand? How does that work? Now I want you to, they're going to put a scripture up for you real quick here. I'm going to put a scripture up for you. I want you to look at Colossians, the first chapter, okay? Let's look at verse 27. Colossians 1, 27. Now watch this language here. Living within you is the Christ who fled you with expectation of glory. Let's stop right there. Living in you. Come on. In you. Not around you, but living in you is the Christ. Watch. Jesus Christ is not a cuss word or a look, taking God's name in vain like people may do. Jesus Christ, Jesus' name, Christ is his office. Jesus is his name. Christ is his office. His office being who he is. It's not, oh, Jesus Christ. No. Jesus is his name. But Christ is the manifestation of who he is and the potential of all he carries within him. So when it says living within you is Christ, that's not just a moment of I've been forgiven of my sins and I'm thankful I have. How about you? I'm thankful I have. But it also carries with it the dimension of all that he is and all that he possesses that lives inside of you. The character, watch, and the nature, watch, and also the power of God that lives inside of you. Living within you is Christ Jesus who floods you with the expectation of glory. The mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes heavenly treasure chest of hope-filled 
with riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. Don't you love that? God wants everybody to know it. Because I don't know where you are. Maybe you are a person that has been in faith for a long time and you've been saved for a minute and been saved for a long time. But I'm telling you right now, this is what I know about you. This is what I know about me. That regardless of how long you have been in faith, that Jesus still stands at the door of your heart knocking. Knocking at the door of your heart. Still wanting to enter into deeper levels with you, with him, and him with you. To, so he can form who you are from the inside out. So you can experience not just the power of God, which I think you need, but you can experience the power of God and the nature of God working deep down inside of you. Revelation 3.20 says it like this. This is what Revelation 3.20 says. Jesus said, Behold, I'm standing at the door, knocking in your heart. I'm standing at the door of your life, knocking. I'm standing. No, see, what we've done is we've relegated this scripture to people who don't know about Jesus. But I'm telling you right now, there are saved, spirit-filled tongue-talking, building-running, hand-lifting people of faith that still don't answer the door. He says, I'm standing at the door. If your heart is open, you will hear my what? You'll hear what? My voice. And, and you open the door within. I will come into you and feast with you, and you will feast with me, right? That's, I can't read that, right? I'll feast with you, and, I'll, and you can feast with me is basically what it says. Now, that's great terminology, but watch this. Watch. But watch this, okay? Check this out. This is important. He says, I'm standing at the door of your heart knocking. Knocking. God is knocking at the door of everybody's heart that is in this room, including mine. Knocking, knocking. If you answer the door, if you answer the door, you will hear his voice. What is his voice? His voice is his words. His words. The both written word and the spoken word. The both the written word and the spoken word. The question is, what is God saying to you right now, today, about the quality of life he wants you to have? Because he is standing at your door and my door asking if I can come into your life and if you can hear my voice. Very important that you understand that. Why is that important? Please listen. Why is it important? Because when you hear his word and you let him come into your life and you take this word and you let it begin to form who you are, it build, listen, it builds the framework of your soul so the spirit of God can connect with your spirit. Listen to me. You can, when you hear his voice, his word begins to form the nature of who Jesus is inside of you. When the nature of God is formed inside of you, God's word comes alive inside of you by his spirit, connecting with your spirit. 
and formation of your heart begins to transpire inside of your life. And what's interesting about this language, he says, if you'll open the door, I will come into you and I will dine with you. The old, the, 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 the new King James Version says, I will dine with you and you can dine with me. And as I was studying and reading that, I'm like, dine with you, does that mean we're going to Grateful Gardens together? Like, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Watch. The word brings the framework inside of your soul. It forms who you are. Your soul does. Or the word does. Brings it to your heart. Now listen, very important. Watch, watch. Very important. Dine with you. If you open, I will come into your heart and dine with you and you can dine with me. If you begin to study that out, you can read it for yourself. In John 6, look with me, John 6, verse 63. Look at John 6. Just go to John 6. We'll read a little bit. Is it okay this morning? Okay, John 6. We're just teaching a little bit. John 6. Now, this whole story, right, of John 6 is really talking about Jesus having the Lord's Supper, right, with his disciples, or, or having the Lord and also feeding of the 5,000. Okay, are you with me? And what he begins to talk about, he begins to talk about how he began to feed the 5,000 people. Watch. He began to feed the 5,000 people. And as he fed the 5,000 people, the people who he fed came back the next day and they're waiting for Jesus so they could have more food. They're like, look. If this guy fed us this day, we're going to wait the next day, and he can feed, and we, he's going to feed us again, right? So they come back to Jesus, and they're like, hey, it's breakfast time. Where's the food? Where's the food? Let me tell you what Jesus says. Jesus says to them, if you're looking for natural sustenance, if you feed on the things of the natural life, you will die. What is he saying? If you feed on the things that are of a natural sense, you will not live the God kind of life that I have died on the cross for you to live. That's what he says. He says, but if you feed on my life in you, who I am inside of you, you will never thirst or be hungry ever Again. Listen, listen. The question is, what are you feeding on every single day of your life? Because how many know the new term in today's culture is I'm hungry? And that could mean a whole lot of stuff, right? Could mean a whole lot of stuff. But let me say this to you. What do you have an appetite for? What are you feeding on? Every day of your life, what is feeding them? Because here's what he wants you to know. That if you feed on the life of God inside of you, it creates the environment of who God is in you to grow. You see, you have to understand living deep down inside of you is the seed of Jesus Christ living inside of you. The seed of Jesus Christ in you. Christ, Jesus Christ in you. His seed lives inside of your heart. In order, remember, in order for that seed to grow, 
It must have the right environment for it to take root in your heart. So that means I can be saved in my heart, but still have the seed of Christ underdeveloped in my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I can have Jesus in my heart and I can go to heaven, but still not have the quality of life that he died for me to have. I can, be, I can have Jesus in my heart and, and, and be addicted. I can have Jesus in my heart and, and, and struggle with pornography. I can have Jesus in my heart and still be angry and mad. Right? And I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about having the right seed and creating the right environment for that seed to grow inside your heart. So watch. When you have the seed of Christ in you and you feed on the life of God inside you every day, his word, right? You feed, you feed on his word. You feed on his grace, his spirit. You feed on who he is. Guess what it does to that seed? That seed begins to take root deep down inside of your heart and you begin to what? Have changes from the inside out. Change does not come just by you modifying your behavior, change comes by having the empowerment of who Jesus is and the seed of him living inside of you, but you creating the right environment by worshiping, by praising, by praying, come on, by coming to church, by, by serving, by loving, by doing all the things that feed the life of Christ in you and you feed on him that feeds the seed that lives inside of you and you become the person the person that God wants you to be. Because inside of you, ladies and gentlemen, inside of you is God's power. Inside of you is God's character. Inside of you is God's ability. And I challenge everyone that is in this room today to stand up in your own heart and say, if Christ be in me, then I am victorious. If Christ be in me, then I am an overcomer. If Christ be in me, I'm peaceful. Jesus was a non-anxious being. Jesus was a non-anxious being. Non-anxious. He did not live his life in anxiety. He did not live his life on the edge, feeling nervous, because he had the nature of his God, his Father, and he fed on the heavenly life of God inside of him all the time. And that heavenly life inside of him made him who he was. Watch, listen to me. Are you learning today? Yes. So this is what we do. And I've done this before. But my motivation is simply this, watch. That you have the grace of God, which I think is powerful in everybody's life. Right? You have the grace of God, watch. But when grace is not used as empowerment, when grace is not used as empowerment, and it is used solely for permission, listen to your pastor, please. When grace is not used as empowerment and it's used for permission, it puts God in a passive role. It puts God in a passive role. Watch. I know I, I know I know I, I need to get better. I know that God can help with this part of my life, but I'm still going to put my feet in the sand and I'm just not going to flee on the heavenly life and you know, I'm mad and I'm this, I'm that, right? And you kind of do this with God, right? How many have ever lived this? Am I talking to you? Listen, let's be real with each other. 
Let me tell you what God is saying to me, okay? Because that will make you be like, well, I got it all figured out. Yeah. Okay, listen. Let me tell you what God's saying to me. He's like, Chris, you lack discipline. You lack discipline. You sleep past six sometimes. And God's speaking very clearly. I want you up and out the door by five. I want you in the gym by six so you don't die before it's time. Because if you don't do your part, then don't, this is how I feel about it, that I can't cry out to God in the hospital bed saying, rescue me, because I didn't do my part. So there's a couple days I'm, you know, up by 6.30, and God's convicting me. This is my world, not your world. Get up. Here's your schedule. Devotion time. This, that, this, that. And I'm like, I'm getting there, God. I'm getting, his grace is there. But sometimes we use that grace as just permission. Right? We kind of do this. I'm, and here's, here's our narrative. I'm trying, God. I'm trying, God. I'm trying. I get, and I, God will take everything you give him, every, every ounce of effort you give him. But can I say this to you? You got to connect your will with his will. Because if you'll connect your will with his will, you won't have to try it. He will empower you. He will empower you to overcome what you're trying to overcome by yourself. That's grace. God, I can't, therefore you must. Come on. God, I can't, therefore you must. God, I can't do this, therefore you had to help me do this. Come on. I remember when I was in Nepal. I landed in Nepal. I was preaching in Nepal. And, and I was on, on an amazing trip. And I, I would just saw Mount Everest. And I, I was like, whatever. You know? And I was struggling with things physically. And this is what God said. He said, Chris, you have to, you have to lose some weight and I'm going to tell you something I don't eat a lot but I like to eat because it's incredibly social for me yeah. I like to be with my friends I like, to I like to be with people that are close to me and you know what I don't care if it's 10 o'clock at night as long as we're laughing and we're just having up I mean, like, give me a pizza right okay that's my vibe pepperoni with jalapeno all day every day it might pay, I may pay for it in the morning, but God, I feel the glory every time I eat it. Watch. And I, and I was like, God, this, this, is, this is my narrative with God. God, I can't. I've tried. And I remember being in my hotel room in Nepal, getting ready to preach. And I laid hands on myself. And I was like, God, you have to give me the grace and the empowerment to say no when I want to say yes. God, you had to give me the empowerment to say no when I want to say yes. In that moment, God's grace touched my heart. In that moment, it changed my whole appetite and my whole frame of thinking. In that moment, because I tried myself, right? But God's grace had to come and empower me. Watch. See, God's grace is not passive. God's grace is active. Because the grace that came after me and the grace that came after you was reaching for me, was calling for me, was, was pursuing me. You can't come to God and God unless God draws you. And if you're in this room, you're not doing God a favor by being here. He called you here. He's wooing you by his words. He's calling you. He's knocking at your door and saying, answer. So God is not at a passive role like, oh, you know, I know you're kind of just, you know, go ahead, do whatever. No, it's, it's all good. No, you know what God's doing? He's like, I've got better for you. Let me reach for you. I've got higher things for you. 
Let me call you to them. I've got more for you. Let me pull you into my realm so you don't have to live down here in the rudiments of yourself. Feed on my heavenly life and the grace that I put inside of you and you will experience the abundant life of me. Come on. Come on online. Give me some fire in the chat. Give me some fire in that chat. Come on. Watch. You ready for this? Check it out. Watch. Let's go to Colossians. The last part of Colossians there. There you go. Watch this because we got to finish right now. How many? Oh. We're going to run through this. Maybe I'll come back in another day. For though I am present in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see you, your Paul, okay, talking to the church. Watch what he says to the church because he's their teacher, instructor. Yet I am with you, rejoicing to see your good or your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ who lives where? As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk. How? In where? In Him. Rooted, built up, and established in faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Notice the words. Here's the words I want you to notice. Okay? Notice the word good order. Notice the word walk. And notice the word faith. Watch. I'm going to run through this real quick. This is really what I was pushing on today. Okay? Watch. When you feed on the heavenly life, okay, watch. The heavenly life of God. When things are going in your life, you not only grow in your character, please listen, just track with me, Pastor Deco, sorry. You not only grow in your grace in God, but guess what happens? The character and the strength of God comes inside of you. Important for you to know that. Why? Because how many of you have been in a situation where you couldn't cope, so you went to a movie because you didn't want to think? How many of you have done that before? I've done that. I've been like, I'm going to the matinee. I don't want to think. I don't want to answer my phone. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to do Jack or Jill, okay? I'm not doing anything. And then so I went to a movie and watched a movie. I come out and, the, and whatever was still bothering me is still bothering me. Come on. That's my coping, coping mechanism. Let's go see a building blow up. Right? Right? Some of you cope differently. Some of you, you know, some of you eat. Some of you, whatever. Break dance. I don't know. Whatever you do, Okay? But here's what I want you to understand. When you begin to feed on the heavenly life of Jesus, it changes the way you cope because the heavenly life begins to form things inside of you. Watch. The word good, right, he says, he says to see your good order. That word good order means, write it down if you're a note taker, a well-regulated life. A well-regulated life. Meaning, when I feed on the heavenly life that lives inside of me, it regulates the pace of my life. It regulates, watch, the ups and downs. Listen to me. Right now, some of our lives are like the stock market. It's up. Next day, it's down. Next day, it's up. Next day, it's way down. Right? This year, not bad. Next year, not so good. 
right? When you feed on the heavenly life, it regulates your life and it takes the highs and lows out of your faith. It doesn't mean you don't have challenges. It means you don't hit the bottom. Because the elasticity of your soul is strong. Why? Because you're feeding on the word and who he is and the life in him. It regulates your life. Are you learning today? And if you're married in this building, you need a lot of the heavenly life. I said, if you're married in this building, how do we know you need a lot of the heavenly life working inside of your relationship? Because some days you want to lay hands on the other person quickly. I understand that. Welcome to marriage. Okay. And then he says, walk. He says, walk, walk this way. Walk, walk, walk this way. Walk this way means simply this. This is what it means. To live your life after his design. And then the other part of this means this. Faith, and I don't have time to go over all this, is appropriating everything that he's done in your life through his life. Watch. A, a, a different way. Applying, living in, living out. All that he's done in your life, in your in for, in your in your his life inside of your life, appropriating all that he has done. Just think about everything he's done. Everything. Now watch. Here's the kicker. You ready for this? If you're a note taker, you're going to really write this down. Okay, watch. So if you have the heavenly life living in you, right? We're going to continue the next time we're together. <laughs> next time we're together. Did you learn today? Yes. Did you learn today? Yes. Say, Pastor, how do I know what I'm living on, what I'm feeding on? Listen, how do I know what I'm feeding on in my life? Right? Some people, f I, I get it. Listen, some people feed on Netflix. Some people feed on their relationship. Like, that is their life. Some people feed on their work. That is their life. Some people feed on addiction. That is their life. How do you know what you are feeding on? By what you have an appetite for. How do you know what I'm feeding on? By what is manifesting out of your life when you're in a tough situation? Does your faith rise, or does or do, or does fear cause you to shrink back? Right? I think I, I don't know. I, I don't ever watch her on TV because I don't watch Christian TV, but. There, uh, I think Joyce Myers said this because I've never really heard her before but I think she had coined a phrase or maybe she did, I don't know that it's an acronym of fear when she says face everything and rise right, that's the acronym has, you guys ever heard, heard that before? face everything and rise Okay, so she has this acronym about fear uh, or about fear, I mean not face everything and rise it's false evidence appearing real have you guys heard that? I, I, I think I've, I've heard people say that false evidence appearing real fear false evidence appearing real so i thought about that and said no 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 we're going to change that 
face everything and rise. Face everything and rise. Not just backing down. I'm going to face everything and I'm going to let the life of Christ make me rise. I'm not going to put my Savior in a passive role. I'm not doing it. I'm going to let him empower him, me, so I can be what I need to be for him. Feed on his life. Feed on his life. Feed on his life. Feed on the life of God inside of you. Don't, listen, don't let him stand at that door and knock and you're like, nah, 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 nah. Look, 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 you can have my worship, but you can't have my money. You can have my money, but you can't have my obedience. You good? Anyway, I'm happy. No, Thanksgiving's coming up. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I'm with you. I was driving here today, and it was like below zero in my house. I don't know about your house. Ice was everywhere. It was cold. I thought, this is what hell should be like, not hot. Or I don't know, sure, but if I created hell, I'd make it cold, you know, because I hate the cold. And I thought, about, I thought, how blessed that Pastor Didi and I to be able to have this church with us. We love you people. We love you people. All of you that are online, we love you. And we stand with you in faith. We pray for you. We fight for you. This is who we are. This is what we do. So thank God. And my, life, my desire for you is that you'd feed on the life of Christ inside of you. Feed on his life. Feed on his life. Don't live below. Live above. Don't live beneath. Live above everything. Angela, can you come real quick? Just come. Stand with me. We're going to pray. Is, forgive me. If you've not signed up for a city group, I want you to do so. I want you to do so. I think it's, it's important that you connect outside of church. If you've not received Jesus Christ into your heart today or ever in your life, I want you to. You know why? Because Jesus is standing at your door and he's knocking. Right at your door and he's knocking on the, on the door of your heart. All you have to do is open it. That's it. All you got to do is open it. All you got to do is say, God, I need something in my life that's bigger than me. I need something in my life that I can grow with, that can bring me help. If that is you, I don't know who you are, I don't know where you've been, but God can help you right where you stand. Right where you stand. Aren't you glad that God is reaching for you? Aren't you glad you're not just distant from God? No, listen, you may be standing here today and be like, look, God's way over there, I'm over here. No, he's not. No, he's not. You may feel like he is, but he's not. You may feel like God's way over there and you're somewhere way over here. No, he's not. You might be in this room and you might say to yourself, you don't know what I've done. I know that I'm far from God. No, you're not. He's right with you right with you but you don't know what I've done it doesn't matter you know where I've been all God wants is for you to open the door that's it that's all he wants he just wants you to open the door he just wants you to say yes because for years it's always been no he's just looking for a yes today 
Jesus is looking for a yes. And if you'll give him a yes, then you will grow. If you'll give him a yes, then your life will be what it could, what it, what it could be in him and through him. Are you with me? Every eye closed, every head bowed. Think about your life. If you're in this room and say, Pastor, I've never asked Jesus into my heart, but today I want to. If that is you, I'll pray with you and for you. If you're in this room and say, Pastor, I used to be with God, but today I find myself in a really distant place from him, and I want to warm my heart back up and reconnect with God. If that is you, I'll pray with you and for you right where you are. Right where you are. God's knocking. All you got to do is say yes. God's knocking. All you got to do is just say yes. Every eye closed, every head bowed, nobody moving. If that is you, say, Pastor, pray with me for me. Lift your hand in the air. Just say, Pastor, I want that prayer. All over this building, anybody in this building. I see that hand. I see that hand. You can put your hands down. Anybody else in this building? Very good. I'm going to pray this prayer, and everybody in this building is going to pray with you and with me. I'm going to say the prayer, and I just want you to repeat the prayer. I'm going to say the prayer, and all I want you to do is repeat the prayer. Everybody in this room is going to pray together, but especially those that raise your hand, this is your greatest moment, your greatest miracle of your entire life. It doesn't matter. God's standing at the door. Your, your yes is opening that door today. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Today, I admit my need for you. I'm opening the door of my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sins. Live in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Amen.